this is Frank Sessions, Blue Ash, the Deadbeat Poets, and Steve Bader's band. And you're listening to Rob on Underground Opolis. Thank you so much for doing this show. After all, I'm still pretty much small potatoes. <laughs> uh, man, uh, all, all good meals are made of small potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good it's point. Old, old Portuguese proverb. Welcome to Undergroundopolis. We'll just jump right into it. Um, who did you see, like at a concert or whatever, that's made you say, you know what, I want to be that guy. I want to, that's what I want to do. Definitely nobody. I was like, honestly, and my brother's here to testify to it because I'm, I, as a kid, I just, I was kind of a, like just nerded out and played piano at home. And that's kind of how I developed the songwriting part of it. But as far as the performance aspects of a, of a rock song, a rock concert, the, the only really, uh, the first rock concert I ever went to go see was, was extreme. And it was because my boy, Nuno, he kind of grew up in this small town with us. And he was like the, one of the, you know, Portuguese, in a small town, you know, he made big time when we all were rooting for him. And he happens to be an incredible player. So I got signed shortly after that. Um, and kind of like, my, you know, I, when I moved to Detroit, you know, my brother, my brother would take me to the least like open mic things with, you know, acoustic and a bunch of hippies and uh you know kind of got my feet wet with that and, and it, it was kind of as it went you know so i never really saw anybody or, or influence you know almost like oh i want to be like that but i i do recognize there's like amazing performers out there but um you know i kind of like had this whole attitude where i was like well if i don't see anybody then i won't be influenced by anybody then i'll be my own you know but it wasn't even that purposeful it was just kind of it so happened that way but I kind of always was, uh, you know, the center of attention, whether uh, I wanted to be or not, just because, you know, I had that little ADHD vibe going on. You know, people, which I think is an inaccurate, inaccurate assessment. People often think of tantric, you know, they say it came from days to do. That's not correct at all, is it? I mean, it, there's a connection to it for sure, but. Basically, I was in a band called uh, Merge. I can't even really believe that we're talking about it for 20 years later, but well, let's just do it. But I was in a band called Merge. That band, uh, you know, was uh, you know, in the circuit, in Detroit and everywhere. And basically, um, we were managed by the same people that managed Travis. And Merge would play with Travis and stuff. It was a separate uh, entity, but Travis then like kind of like let all the other guys go and simultaneously I was kind of like in that position where I needed some guys we'd already known each other I came down and it just vibed out really easy I mean the, the guys the original lineup of this band you know Todd was especially Todd as far as the guitar player he was a you know a really really important part as far as you know the, the kind of the forming of of the sound you know even as I wrote a song when he would replay it and give it his little Todd thing it was cool but over the years, I think that it's just, you know, I've had to change the perspective of, of what the band is and and kind of adopt and, uh, you know, welcome, like, new nuances, you know, because nobody's ever going to play this stuff the same. And the new stuff that I'm writing, even when they play it, it's always going to be, it's going to have its thing. And I think that's good, you know. I think 
out of a lot of the bands that have had people come in and out and stuff, I think we've done it well um, because we've we've made them positives and not negatives. You know, I think you know, like the band, the lineup that I have right now, they couldn't do what the first lineup did, and vice versa. You know, but it's uh, you know, it's a, a constant evolution. I mean, we had violin in it for two years. We had you know, that was a benefit of not being you know. Either being like we we gave zero Fs, but also, you know, we could kind of reinvent ourselves and and definitely just I never really cared really about like it's just I never worried about its success level. I just kind of worried if I was I thought it was cool, and if I thought it was cool, then I was happy with it because at the end of the day, that's all you can do. Well, that that that's going to be a question here in a little bit about about the evolution. <laughs> Sure. Of, of, of the album. Just the whole interview at once. <laughs> well, uh, well, this is one of my favorite questions. Do you have a, a particular favorite performance that you played? Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to tell you where it was. But I know, like, I really perform in the moment, and uh, and as soon as that moment's gone, I'm I'm living in the next moment. I try not to like go back and forth but i know what it feels like when all the all the stars align when everything when your pitch is right when you're hitting every note that you want to hit when you're doing the run i know what that feels like and it's awesome and that's really what i that's the high we chase you know as, as players because we're competitive amongst each other and we like to you know perform well and to make difficult things seem easy so yeah i don't remember where it was but you know some of the, you know, I started in a time period, again, to age myself, that, you know, the YouTube wasn't always around, and Facebook's only 13 years old. You know, that's crazy. Yep. So, like, our band was already in existence, like, seven, eight years prior to Facebook, and so a lot of these things weren't captured. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, there's a lot of them that I've seen that I was like, oh, man, that's horrible, because, you know, just... In retrospect, a little bit of wisdom and calming down and really paying attention it makes makes a difference. I think I'm a, I think I'm better at what I do now than I than I was before. How would you describe the, the process as it's as each album evolved? The... They're, they're all different for sure, but they kind of have uh, the same narrator, I guess, in, in that sense. But that narrator, being me, is also still growing and growing as everything else is growing around. It's like you know, it's a living piece, but. Um, Sometimes, uh, for example, on this coming brand new record, the title to me of the record came first as far as, you know, like I have this title of like, what is it that this is happening right now? And it's really the combination of everything that I've ever done and all the people that have been in my life and, and uh, influenced me, whether purposefully or not. You know, this is like the sum of all things. And I, I thought that was a really, you know, all in one type of statement. And with that, I kind of filled in the gaps. Uh, you know, I had some anchor songs that I knew that I wanted to put in there. And then I, I kind of filled in the gaps like that. And it was it was a unique process because generally I, I don't come up with an album name before I come up with an album, you know. But all of them are, are unique. And, and sometimes it's not purposeful again, because sometimes, uh, you know, like, it's you're making the best out of an accident that ultimately turns into a thing. For example, when the violin came out, uh, that was a product of 
after after we go uh, was done, I was starting to do this little side project called State of the Art. And officially, that song, Down and Out, was one of those songs that was that I had kind of pigeonholed for State of the Art. But even previous to that, I had used that riff, that violin riff, as a hip-hop track when I was producing some hip-hop tracks. So, like, it kind of all fell into each other, and then it created that The End Begins, which was, you know, really, to me, like a, a very solid chapter in change as far as tantric, because we... It, you know, it was the old guys were out. It was a whole new thing. We had a lot to prove. And then we came out with that song that nobody really thought it was going to do anything. And it was like number one. So, man, uh, but, I, but I love it. I've always loved the mixing of different instruments and different tones and still the same genre, you know, like having oboe parts play rock parts, you know, and, and that's what, we, you know, I kind of try to do. And then, you know, we, we had the blessings from like TSO, the guy, the guys from TSO made Marcus uh, seven string fretless violins and it just became its own beast. And then that again, dissolved back into its roots. So it's like, it keeps on going, you know, but, but I think the constant is that like, there's, there's obviously this, my voice in there and, uh, and obviously I'm too stupid to know I can't do it. So I just keep on doing it. Right on. I I noticed like as as albums progress like like it seemed like more layers would add right more textures. Well, you know everybody says oh like oh that's the first record and say you know I'm one of those people who say that but most of the time you have to admit that most people don't even like give it the real listen because of you know the, the first records of all uh, bands that have gotten solid you know solid deals. Those things are shoved down your throat as much as possible because there's so much money and everything pumping behind them. And then the other ones are kind of just like this overflow fan base. But, you know, to me, my favorite songs have never been the singles. You know, there have never been these things. They were always like these things are in the middle. When people hop my car and I'm like, hey, uh, play me a Tantric song. I'll play them, you know, songs that are not Breakdown. They're not, not that they're not great songs. I love Breakdown and I love a sound and I love, I love them all. But some of them, I like to get a little more out of it and I appreciate a little bit more the difficulty of technique and, you know, making it beautiful and heavy and whatever it is, but in a cool, unique way that every time you listen to it, if you want to get something out of it more, you can, you know, if you want to just listen to it for its melody and its beat, great. But if you want to have some, some pensive, <laughs> lyrical in there it, there's 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 stop behind everything you know it's not like accidental do you have a personal favorite and i know that changes all the time with musicians but one that's real personal to you that... they're all real personal i mean literally every single record that i've ever put out with tantric is is basically a musical diary uh of my own you know some of them are very very literal but have no mistake that they're all my 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 story so whether it's been uh, me you know perceiving something from a, and making an observation a song but or me living it and making the observation as the as the guy the, the, the subject to me the songs you know uh, are like kind of like smells in your in, in, in uh, say your grandmother's basement it's like you walk down there and it just brings you to that moment so 
how they trigger me is I knew where I was exactly where I was mentally, everything where, when that happened and there's things in that song that only I will know forever. You know, I, the little things that, that nobody knows. And I kind of did them as my own little thing for my own audience, you know, my, my stuff, but you know, that's how they change. But I do love songs that provoke emotion of any sort that, that force you to, to like uh, feel something, you know, whether it's the character that, you know, from the perspective of the character that's writing the song or just like, you know, just shove your face in it. And because it's good, that's a good thing for humans. We should use that. My favorite song is probably, oh man, it's either cliche. Yeah. Well, that, that song, for example, cliche, lyrically is literally telling you what I'm telling you. It's just like, I never wanted to be uh, pigeonholed. Well, I didn't really, honestly, I didn't really give a fuck what anybody thought, but for myself, I wanted to know that I was able to do these other things and that I wasn't this cliche. And, you know, people come up to me and they're like, oh, you're a rock star. You must do this and that, you know, I hate that's it's so stupid. Like the whole term rock star is stupid, but, but, uh, you know, that song was really about, you know, me introducing myself to the world and just because I kind of looked similar to other things doesn't mean I was other things. And, and then I, you know, I wanted people to invest in it, you know, and, uh, for the fans that have, and the fans that do, they tend not to leave and, and we're grateful for it. We have like the most, the best fans in the world. Well, you've got an audience right now. You got anything you want to say, say to your fans? Which I'm uh, Spartan. <laughs> no, man. You know, my fan. <laughs> I've my got fans green can... beer. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But I'll tell you one thing. Uh, our fans, we they're more like our friends because we are very like, we don't take ourselves that seriously in that, in that aspect. We, we take what we do seriously, but we don't take our position as that in a social like structure. But so anybody will know that if you go to Tantric Show, we're going to be out there after hanging out just to say thank you, you know, because, you know, every person that goes over there and spends 20 bucks or 30 bucks or 40 bucks on, on us, you know, that's a, that's a person that's perpetuating us living our dream and us creating this music because it, it requires two fields, you know, the creators and, and the listeners and one can't exist without the other. What would you say was the best musical advice you've ever been given? Well, it's not even for music. I would say that it's for life. And, and I think this, this, this advice will, is good for anybody. And the thing is that uh, there's no guarantees in anything in life. But if, if you don't know what to do in life, you don't know what your career is, you don't know what you're going to do, you should just always do what you love. Because what ends up happening by doing what you love is what other people call rehearsal and practice and everything. That's fun time for you so by default you become good at it and you become really great but the money is not promised there nothing but at least you'll do it with a smile you know and i, I really do believe that if you just do stuff that you love it, it you know there's a way that you can see it in people's faces when they you know the, whether it's painting and painting or you know like there's some passion for it that's addictive and, and contagious people want to relate with it and i just think that the most important thing is to be yourself, true to yourself, sincere to yourself, 
and take, you know, listen to, to, to other advice, but like, just at the end of the day, do what you know to be true because you know, that's, you know, uh, don't love money. It won't love you back. <laughs> I always say the best musical advice I was ever given was buy a dolly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, by the Yeah, be the singer so you don't have to carry all the shit. But, <laughs> be no, a bass player. Everybody asks me, I'll tell you for all the musicians that are out there, they're like, how do you do this? How do you do this? All right. There is no how. There's like a general idea, you know, and you guys already know. It's like you don't have to be a businessman to know how to start a business generally, you know. But the important thing is that you're putting out something that you is truly that you believe in and it's okay that it's not at its pinnacle it's like it takes time but if you're having fun throughout the whole thing 20 years pass just like they did with us and there you are at wherever it is that you are in your life but you know you, you don't have that uh option to to turn back you know but i'll never have that regret i'm really really uh happy that i've gotten to share this and i'm honestly from from an outside listener detaching himself from the band. And I'm proud of the music, man. I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of what, uh, what I accomplished with all of these people around me, not just my players, but just other management and just everybody that didn't have to believe in us and did, you know, or give us a shot if we were fuck ups, you know, going times. So everybody needs somebody to believe in them and, uh, and, you know, no regrets. Is that is that maybe live your life? Probably my other second other maybe favorite song. <laughs> yeah, I love that song too. But live your life is a really simple song about like your results are directly, you know, influenced by your by by your choices. You know, you make choices, you get these things, and there's some that kind of like are not fair. No, despite you make. But in general, you know, you're aiming for the highest percentage rate of success. So it's like, you know, just aim for, you know, good choices. And I'm on that every day. I mean, I'm like a, a man child epitome. I've never had to grow up and I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. But, um, you know, I had to grow up a, a little bit the hard way. Uh, Facebook viewer TJ Diaz says, Yes, that is something that is so great about you guys. You always take the time to talk to everyone, take pics at every show. It's like I, I don't even understand, understand how that isn't the go-to thing. Like I don't understand like how other people feel like they they don't owe a thank you to somebody who's contributing to your livelihood, you know, to your happiness. Uh, it only takes. It, it takes so little energy to be a, a good person and a nice person. It takes so much more energy to be a dickhead. So I don't even, I don't understand the people that are like that. And uh, I'm glad I'm, I don't. Well, just like, I'm just so shocked that you agreed to come on the show. <laughs> I guess, thank you and, so much. Listen, I don't even care if your show is four people, 5,000 people, 5 billion people, but it's, it's the sum of all things. <laughs> but it's like, uh, all that matters is that you care. And, and you know, I care. You're, you're putting this podcast out. You got a lot of passion behind it. Good for you. I hope that this thing blows up and, and you're the next big thing and whatever it is that you want to accomplish. But you know, what's the difference? We're all just here, just trying to do our thing, and we should all support each other. Not, you know, barter. Well, before, 
before we wrap this up, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to plug? You guys, oh, well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm really, we're really proud of this record. And uh, whether it's our band or any other music or any other form of art, it, if you love it, you should water that plant because it is, it, it can only, it can only exist with you. And uh, so just keep, you know, check out our Facebook, you know, keep in touch. You know, we'll be touring more than anybody, I'm sure, ever. Uh, we don't stop touring. And uh, man, thanks for 20 years. Hi, this is Queen Lottie Da from Long Beach, Washington. And here's my joke of the week. What do you call a turtle with a heart on? A slow poke. That is all our time we have for now. Thank you for listening to Undergroundopolis. Remember, we do this every Wednesday night, bringing you new and exciting artists every week. Be sure to hit up their websites and social media and stream or download their music. If you like this show, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, any streaming platform, and leave us a review as well. I'm your host, Rob Lyon, signing off. <laughs>